Principal Matters Podcast, episode 354. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I'm joined by my co-host, Jen Schwanke, author and leader from Dublin City Schools and Jen, we're on summer vacation at the time of this recording, although you and I are still working a lot in the summer, but welcome right. back. It's great to see you. Great to see you too, Will. And it's funny you say that because a lot of people ask principals, I know you get off in the summer, right? And principals never know whether to laugh or cry when they're asked that. <laughs> but, you know, I think um, our listeners know that we do our recording on Zoom and I see you are in a new environment today, my friend. You are, um, t- tell me where you are. Jen, I am <laughs> in the, the official, I call it the Principal Matters headquarters, which is <laughs> the second living room in my house. And so you're getting to see me sitting here in uh, my new location because yes, for those of you that follow my work, I finished my last official date with our State Principals Association where I was an executive director for six years, June 30th. And so we're recording this in July and going to release it in uh, late July. But here we are, Jen. And, I, you know, can I just sit for a moment and, and reminisce? Right. Um, yeah, let's go. Ten, ten years ago, I started writing a blog and working on ideas and then I did my first book. Uh, you know, you and I have a very similar journey. And mm-hmm. so it's just, um, it's been a little bit of a, of a really neat experience for me. I can't, that's not the right word. It, and exhilarating is not the right word either, but it, it's just been this real sense of like, um, of, of joy of just like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to do the thing that I've been dreaming about doing for a while. And here it is, it's happening. Well, and you know how proud I am of you and for you, but I also want to say, let's, let, let's talk about those 10 years. I, I occasionally have people reach out and they say, I want to write a book or I want to do a podcast. And I always want to tell them the truth, which is it takes a while. It takes a long time to build up your um, professional footprint Mm -hmm. and your confidence. And so I, I think it's important that we acknowledge those 10 years. Um, I'm looking behind you on your bookshelf and I see your books and I see your family, photos of your family and, you know, they've supported you along the way. It, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time to be able to do what you've done this month. And so I think you should enjoy the joy that comes with this. Well, thank you. And um, so Principal Matters listeners know the topic of our conversation. We're going to be talking about the importance of allocation of support. So we're going to get there in just a minute. But Jen, just this morning, I had a call from an assistant principal of a, of a school uh, here in Oklahoma, and he um, had emailed me and asked if we could have a conversation. So I jumped on a Zoom, and we had, the, we had this exact same conversation. He was me 10 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, talented, hardworking, and just passionate to teach other people and has incredible ideas for the ways that he wants to grow in his own capacity and leadership. And so... It was um, a real joy to just sit in the room and give him feedback in terms of some of the ways he's creating content, some of the ideas he has on a book. And then we set a place on the calendar where I'm going to reach back six weeks from now and ask him, how are you doing? And, yeah. and create some accountability. 
And um, I, I always ask this question when I wrap up a conversation that involves any kind of coaching, which is at the very end, I ask, what was the most useful for you? And it was really kind. He said, um, what was most useful for me was this conversation. Because I've heard you present, Will, before, and you always say, um, if you ever need anything, just reach out. And you actually meant what you said. Right. <laughs> right. And so I was just laughing because I have tried to make that my practice and all the work that I've done, but it just gives me, again, I, I, I keep coming back to the word joy, the joy to have more time to do that, Jen. So I'm, I'm just excited. Well, and this isn't the um, let's be grateful to Will podcast, but it should be because you are like that, Will. You've always, you know, with me, you've always said we're better if we lift one another up. We're better if we help one another. And to point out somebody's strengths when they're just starting their own professional journey or when they're starting to think about expanding it, it, it so helps if we're all in this together. It, this is not a competition. There's room enough for all of our ideas and all of our um, you know, excitement and challenges. We, we can work through this together. So that actually is a great segue mm -hmm. to what we wanted to talk about today, because the topic that we're going to discuss also started with a conversation with a, a beginning principal, not beginning mm -hmm. principal, this, this principal I talked to, I don't know, he's probably in year four or five. And he is kind of a principal slash superintendent mm -hmm. of a school in Iowa. And he, um, he called and he said, Hey, can you just talk with me about allocation of staff. He was really excited because his board had told him he could hire one person. Mm. And he said, I don't know what I should hire. You know, I feel like I should hire a literacy person. I feel like I should hire a curriculum person. I feel like, and I said, okay, wait, 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 what takes the most amount of time? What is your, you know, if you had a, um, you know, like a social battery, what is draining your, your battery, your, your emotional professional battery? And also, what is your strength? So he thought about that for a while. And he said, what drains my time is marching band and athletics. Mm. He said, it takes up so much time. So he said, I think I'm going to hire an instructional coach because that way that person can kind of focus on the classroom, which will free me up to manage sports and music. And I said, well, wait a minute. Do you have, you know, an athletic director? And he said, oh, yeah. And I said, do you have performing arts? directors. He said, oh yeah, but there's still problems. So here's where our conversation went. Mm. I said, let me just challenge your thinking. It sounds to me like you're being reactive instead of proactive. It sounds to me like you, you're looking at where the problems are and you are going to keep focusing on that. And so to handle the other stuff, you're going to hire an instructional coach. What if you, um, you, you kind of flip that you focus on instruction, but hire someone who can kind of be your operations of extracurriculars, hire somebody who can help your AD, help your performing arts people, help your extracurricular people to empower them to work independently, to kind of retrain your community, to, to know that you're not going to swoop in and save all the problems. You know, your community probably thinks you're the final authority. And so they're not going to stop complaining or stop pushing until they get to you. That's something you need to change because really your job is to think about what's happening academically. Is there rigor? Is there, um, you know, a focus on standards? That's your job. And so you focus on instruction and help retrain your community and your staff 
on the extracurricular piece. It, it made me think about that wonderful quote from Anne Lamott. She says, helping is the sunny side of control. If you tell yourself you're helping, are you really helping or are you controlling? And are you taking people's challenges away from them when they could do it on their own <laughs> with a little retraining? So let's park there for just a moment because there's so many things, Jen, that I want to pull out here when leaders are thinking about their own allocations of support. And first of all, it's the, you know, when someone brings you a scenario like that, the question that you were asking in that situation was really a, a focus question, which right. is what's the real challenge here for you? Which in this case, the real challenge here for him was there's not the things that are there, the things that I know that need to be happening within my school leadership, instructional support, academic growth, aren't because I'm so scattered in all of the other things I'm trying to do for support. So the solution I'm considering is fill in the blank. And I'm going to say fill in the blank there because for him, the solution was I would like to hire somebody who could um, manage all that instructional priority so that I can put out these fires over here and, and kind of get this under control. And your response to him, I'm going to rephrase it, was the foundational question, which is, well, what do you really want? Exactly. What do you really want? Yeah, exactly. And if you are putting out fires now and you're going to be more available for more fires, you got to think about eliminating the fires. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. It's a foundational question. And so I think for principal managers, listeners, I, I want to, you know, I'm always trying to help us have this conversation together. So I, I want you to think in terms of whatever that situation is that you're facing right now, whatever that real challenge is that you're facing, what is it that you really want? Because what you really want is probably where you need to put the focus. And so I loved how you said, in this case, you wanted to help him be proactive, not just reactive. And so when you're helping leaders think about proactive work, in this case, you're helping him apply an operation, the idea of an operations of extracurriculars to help get under control all those activities that were the fires that were so hard for him to put out. So, but giving him permission to focus where he really wanted to see growth, which is in his student academics. Am I understanding exactly. that correctly? You are. And, and really to get back to the concept of foundational, I think the mm -hmm. answer will be different for every single principal who asks themselves this question. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, this is not Will and Jen saying, oh, no, no, mm -hmm. no, focus on instruction. For somebody, it might say, it, it, who knows, it might be band, it might be athletics, it might be instruction, it might be, um, you know, the master schedule, it might be human resources. I don't know what the problem is, but you really have to think about um, I love this concept of training people how to think and respond to problems, right? So I've worked in buildings before where it was everyone's reaction to send a student to the office, right? Whenever something happens, just send them to the principal, the principal will deal with it. And you have to retrain staff. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. You've got to retrain them to think, you know, when you send someone to me, you're giving away your, your power, you're giving away your relationship. 
So again, you have to train people to think about um, if I'm running to my principal to solve my problem, then what that means is either I don't think, or my principal doesn't think, or the students don't think, or the parents don't think that I can do it. They don't think I'm the end of the conversation. They always want to go higher. And so principals need to really think about that and think if there's something that is just eating away at my time because they need me to be the end point, I need to change the end point. So if we, if we um, kind of take this conversation I had with the Iowa principal, I said, if they, let's say a, a parent is mad at a coach and they go to the coach first and the coach doesn't um, give them the answer they want. So then they go to the athletic director and the AD doesn't give them what they want. Well, now they want to talk to the principal. I said, you have to retrain your parents to know the a what the AD says goes, that's it, no more. So th then the conversation ends and he does have the time to focus on instruction. So it's really about what you want your, how you want your time to be spent. And this is a bigger conversation for any principal, even an elementary principal, say, who doesn't have as many extracurriculars, because I know this time of year, many principals are thinking about how can I best use, say, my support staff, my literacy staff, my numeracy staff, my instructional coaches, how can I best use them? It's worth sitting down and thinking this through, pulling a team together to think about, you know, how are we going to allocate the seven or eight hours a day we have with these people and have the biggest impact on, on students. This morning, I was recording a session that will come out in a couple of months because that's how far in advance I'm having to place guests, Jen. Um, and it was uh, with a young administrator whose name is John Boyd. He was the Missouri Principal of the Year this last year from St. Genevieve, Missouri. So, so congratulations, yeah. John, so John Boyd. Congratulations. We're so proud of you, John. And uh, you guys are going to get a chance to meet John probably in September. I'm not sure when that episode's coming out because I'm not looking at the schedule. But we were talking about one of the things that he has discovered when I ask him the question about how have you been able to stay connected for the long haul, which is one of the questions that we get often, you and I, from leaders. You know what he started talking about was not just his attitude. He started talking about his practice. And one of his practices, Jen, and I've, I've had principals talk to me about a lot of different ways they create systems, but this one was so impressive. He said, well, I want to brag on my administrative assistant. He said, you know, we're a high school with about 550 kids, one principal, one assistant principal, and we have an administrative assistant who helps manage our office. And he said, I have given her permission, not just to have control of my calendar, but I give her permission to go ahead and schedule in advance my observation and evaluation visits. So she actually will show me my schedule and say, these are your priorities going into this week. And then when I come into the office, I give her permission to hold me accountable. And this is how that conversation goes. She'll say, John, these are the people on your list this week. Whose classroom have you been in? And I'll say, oh, I'm on my way down to so-and-so's, but I wanted to check my email first. And she'll say to me, hmm, is that email a bigger priority than the instructional time that you're going to be spending with that teacher? And he'll say, nope, I'm heading down to the classroom. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, my allocation of, in this case was giving a talented person permission to schedule me where I could be best used and then holding me accountable to be there. 
Well, and that takes, we could do a whole podcast oh, yeah. on the exquisite value of administrative assistance, um, especially those people we trust to mm -hmm. hold us accountable. Um, but this reminds me of what Brene Brown says about exhaustion in leaders. If you're overwhelmed and you're exhausted, you have to, she says, dig into that exhaustion, figure out the root. And th here's how I interpret that. Am I exhausted because I'm solving problems other people are paid to solve? Or am I spinning my knee wheels in ways that I don't need to because someone else can take the work? So in this case, in John's case, you know, to turn over his schedule and to just believe it will be okay, it it takes, you know, that feels risky for many principals. They feel like they need to own everything, but it is so freeing if you have someone that will help you not be so exhausted, right, by, by helping keep you um, focused on what you need to focus on. So this is all a, a bigger idea. And again, Will and Jen are not telling you how to allocate staff or how to allocate your time or to, you know, to turn over something you're not ready to turn over. This is just us asking you to think about it and think about what's exhausting you, what's taking your time, where are you putting out fires and not, not successfully extinguishing the flame for good. You know, that that's really what it's about. Well, and Jen, if, if it's okay with you, I, I, I want to transition this same topic, but into a different, to, to a question that came from a listener, because I think they're connected. So if it's okay with you, I, I want to go here next. And this question from a listener actually came in an email this morning, and I'm just going to read it out loud. It says, I have been spending time reflecting and thinking about what I need to do differently or improve on for next year. And I wanted to solicit your input. What are the top three or five systems that a school administrator should have in place to increase effectiveness and productivity? Any thoughts? So I don't know if you want me to go first. Yeah, you but, go first. But but the reason that I am connecting this question to the story you just told is I think a lot of times administrators, all of us, when we're ever, whenever we're facing that Brene Brown uh, quote that you just gave, that overwhelming feeling, we often begin to look for a give me a to-do list, you know, give me a to-do list of things that if I can just do the following, then it's going to help me get through this difficult time. And to-do list can be helpful. Um, but your response from Brene Brown was, well, let's figure out the root. So without any more context from this listener than I had in that question, I do want to ask some root questions. And I'm going to come back to that focus question. What's the real challenge here for you? And if the real challenge here for you is that I don't feel like I am being able to um, be effective and productive, then what do you mean by effective and productive? And most of us by that mean, I feel like I'm putting out fires all day and I'm not actually seeing the school accomplish the tasks that I want it to, to accomplish. And so Jen, I, I'm just gonna begin with the question, coming back to the same question that we started with, which is how are you empowering the people with whom you work with the expectations and the skills and the responsibilities to help accomplish the things that need to be done in school so that you can do the things that you believe are the most important. So let me pause there because I know you have thoughts. Well, I, I think that's really the essential question. I talk to so many principals who are just exhausted. And like you said, they just feel they're always in reaction mode and they get frustrated with me when I challenge them as to why that is. 
and I've been in that. You have too, Will. You've been in this situation where you're you're always behind. You're never caught up. And then here comes somebody who says, well, why don't you study the problem? And it just makes you crazy, right? <laughs> but but it's, it does take discipline. And I would argue it takes teamwork and input from other people. It takes that vulnerability to be able to say to someone, hey, what do you think I'm doing wrong here? What do you think I could take off my plate? And actually this, this, I don't want to get away from the listener's question. I'm going to get back to it. But I think in a lot of ways, this um, ties to the concept of helicopter parenting, which we all know about. If we don't let our children try new things and risk failure, then they won't try new things and they'll never fail. And we know failure is a positive thing, right? So if as a principal, we're micromanaging and taking on too much, and again, always running around with a fire extinguisher then we're not trusting our people to try new things and potentially fail. Um, and, and therefore then we're exhausted and we, we never feel like we get ahead. So to get back to the listener's question, the listener wanted to know what are the three to five systems a school administrator should have in place? I'm going to give this a quick go. I think the three systems, I don't know if this is what your listener meant by systems, you have to think about self, you have to think about staff, and you have to think about community, always with a lens to students. So how am I best serving students? And everything we've said in this episode so far could be food for thought there. Then staff, how am I best serving my staff? And am I overstepping with how I lead them to the point of my own exhaustion? And then third, my community. How am I making sure that my community, whether it's the um, business partnerships I have or the ways that parents and families are able to come into my building and be part of it, am I maximizing their input and making this school really the center of a community and, and therefore a place where students can be their best? Support for Principal Matters comes from DigiCoach and its walkthrough tool. When Kathleen Beckham was a district director. She would walk through classrooms and see teachers engaging students in learning or observe elements missing in their instruction. And her biggest challenge was finding the time to give those teachers meaningful and helpful feedback that they would value as coaching and not correction. In the past, Kathleen spent hours in follow-up email exchanges after informal walkthroughs. But that all changed when she discovered DigiCoach. She now has a tool that can help her send immediate feedback from her phone or her tablet. DigiCoach is a fully customizable tool created by school leaders for school leaders to not only collect walkthrough data, but also ensure every teacher receives ongoing support, feedback, and coaching. It features thousands of pre-written research-based commendations and coaching tips that can be included along with your own observation comments and a follow-up email ensuring all teachers receive effective and timely support. Are you ready to make the most of your walkthroughs with a tool that saves you time and enhances meaningful feedback to your teachers? Go to digicoach.com to learn more and please tell them Principal Matters recommended you check them out. That's digicoach.com. Support for Principal Matters is sponsored by Aptigy. Aptigy powers the identity of thousands of school districts across the U.S. They help superintendents market their district brand. And now Aptigy has rolled out Rooms, 
which is a powerful tool for principals and teachers to better engage families. Rooms is a two-way communication and messaging tool integrated directly with your school app. Rooms has parent-teacher messaging, translations, classroom announcements, and even PBIS behavioral tools. When you visit aptigy.com backslash rooms, you'll see how they make it incredibly easy for you to improve family engagement within your school. Chat with Aptigy and book a time to learn how they can help you onboard families and provide ongoing training for teachers with rooms. Learn more at aptigy.com backslash rooms and tell them you heard about it first from Principal Matters. Jen, thank you for um, giving us those handles, because if you think about breaking down those into those three areas, which is, first of all, what am I responsible for? What are the areas where I can identify my own key responsibility areas? Can I define those for myself and for the people whom I'm serving? Then that expectation is explained on the front end of my service I'm not constantly having to circle back around to remind people what my responsibilities are. How am I defining the responsibilities of my staff so that we collectively understand what each of their areas of expertise are? And then for our community, you know, what is the access and the input that they provide to us and then we provide to them? All within that lens of, of helping students. And I just have so many thoughts um, Jen, about this, and I'm not sure which one to take next. So I'll just um, go with the first one that's in my mind. Well, when, and thank you, um, by the way, I'm interrupting to tell you, thank you. You said that much better than I did the three systems. <laughs> <laughs> no, so thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm so, just summarizing. Um, one of the, um, one of the areas that I talk about in my book, Principal Matters, I have a chapter on key responsibility areas and one of the reasons I placed that chapter there is because when I was stepping from assistant principal to high school principal, I was really struggling with the managerial side of moving from primarily managing discipline and assisting with curriculum to now being the person who was going to be responsible for every area of my school. And I recognized that there were several non-instructional staff positions whose several non-instructional staff employees whose positions I did not understand. So I actually called a meeting with my secretarial staff, with my counselors. Um, and I said in my assistant principals at that time, and I just said, it would be really helpful for me to have a list of the daily responsibilities, the weekly responsibilities, the monthly responsibilities that, you're, that you've been managing before I ever stepped into this new role. And as I'm stepping into this new role too, so that I understand those management areas that you consider yours. And so we put together this shared Google Doc where each person created their own list, the office secretary, the school registrar, the um, two counselors, a couple of admins, another uh, attendant secretary. And then from that shared Google Doc, we compared them and we discovered that there were some things that someone might've thought they were the point person for that someone else also thought they were the point person for. So we made some decisions. Who's going to be the point person for this? Like this is, you're the one ultimately responsible for this report or for managing these passwords or for answering this question. And the wonderful part about that was that by having that as a collective conversation, we were setting ourselves up for 
a really good year because what we were doing was defining on the front end, what are all of our responsibilities here so that we know stepping in. And if we have any questions because something's not on the list, what should be on the list and who's going to be responsible for it. And Jen, that became a cycle for us to start each year that way to, and then end the year together, looking at that list to see how, what are the things that we manage well and what needs to be tweaked or changed or reassigned based on a new hire. We did the same thing with our counseling staff. And we found that with our counselors, they wanted to develop their key responsibilities as monthly responsibilities. And so, because they have so much that happens throughout the year academically or with calendars or counseling students with college applications and their responsibility lists became an amazing hiring tool whenever we had an opening later for a counseling position, because I could lay that list in front of a potential hire and say, let's take a look at this and see how you would feel about managing these responsibilities. And for them to be able to see on the front end, oh, this is exactly what you're asking in this role really helped define who is the best pick for that. So I'm just giving that as a practical example. And I'm actually looking right now at an email that was sent to me by a, a friend who's a principal in Oklahoma. And I'm going to, I've asked him before for his permission. So I'm going to reach back after this recording because he put together when he read that book, his own KRAs of his office secretary, front office secretary himself. And, um, and he broke his own roles down by month in his assistant principal and athletic director roles. And he shared all those with me. And so I, I if, with his permission, I'd like to create a shared doc that I can just put up as an example with the show notes, Jen. But what thoughts do you want to add to that? I'd like to, to capitalize on that idea and kind of bring us back full circle. Mm -hmm. I, I think about the time, I think about you stepping into the principal role and feeling overwhelmed. And I think about all the times that I felt overwhelmed. And I'm going to tell you about a key moment when I think I became a much better principal. And that was a moment where a teacher came to me. And so substitute anyone, counselor, coach, whatever, came to me and said, hey, I've got to call this parent. They're really upset. I, you know, here's what I think you need to say when you call them. And I thought, wait, I'm, I'm calling them. <laughs> wait, what? And the old me would have rushed to my office, you know, taken some notes, called the parent. And so all in this moment, I smiled and I said, you've got this, you've got it. And the, rather than being a savior and coming in and, and solving the problem and doing the work for them, I empowered that teacher and said, you've got it. And we rehearsed a couple times and they felt strong enough then to have the conversation. And so to circle back around to how we started and to capture what you just said about building your team's capacity, when, when principals are thinking about their staff, we have to sit down, be extra clear in our expectations, allocate the work, and then let them do it and let them be the leader or the employee or whatever that they were hired to be. And in, in John's case, let your administrative assistant be her very best helpful self. Let that be. Mm -hmm. um, and, and whether that is, you know, in my example, I, I started with someone who was able to hire a new person. Many people cannot. Many, um, many situations, there is no new person to hire. There's just the people we have. And so to think about how to best use them so that no one is spread too thin, you build team, you build trust, you build collaboration. And then, you know, that's, that's when you have time to sit back and relax and enjoy what you've done. Well, Jen, is it okay if I wrap us up? Yes, um, because I, I just want to 
speak directly to, to listeners for just a moment, because as you're listening to this and you're thinking about, man, how do I allocate what I have in front of me, the people, the acts, the resources, how do I allocate this for the best outcomes for my school? I just want to just say a quick reminder that your leadership, and Jen, you touched on this with your your quotes from Brene Brown earlier too, but your leadership, first of all, requires the motivation to understand why you do the work that you do. Why It also involves the courage to take the right steps because somebody's got to be courageous to make hard decisions, which is why they call you the principal. It also requires you to take decisive action. So there's nothing wrong with having a to-do list, but then ultimately, Jen, it requires teamwork. There's, I, I, you know, when I wrote my first book, Principal Matters, the tagline was the motivation, courage, action, and teamwork needed for school leaders, because I recognize I can't share a book about principal leadership without acknowledging the fact that you can never lead alone. You are, your school is full of talented, gifted, smart, passionate, caring people who can help you accomplish these goals if you give them permission and direction to do so. Exactly. This is not a solitary career. It's built on people and it's built by people. It's built in spite of people <laughs> and it's built because of people. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you know, it, it is so short-sighted and um, a fruitless um, attempt to lead really, if you think you have to do it alone, it's a team thing. It is. Well, principal managers, listeners, I want to say thank you as you're listening to this for the courage that you demonstrate every single week, because you've chosen a profession that is going to require a lot of courage this year, a lot of focus, but it's also going to require a lot of teamwork. So as you look around your school, um, identify those people who you can invite into the conversation because uh, you can't do this alone. So thank you, Jen, again, for joining us for this episode in Principal Matters. Thank you for doing what matters. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, everyone. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about Leadership Academies, Mastermind Offerings, and Executive Coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today. And thanks again for doing what matters.